Hello and welcome to The Don Father, a family podcast about the Essendon Football Club. I am your host, Nick, and we're up and about because we are two and zip. It's been a long time since we've been two and zip playing good footy. Matthew, what's going on? Not too much. Uh, good to actually... Um, could there something? Well, first, it's my first time back in a while. It Obviously is. with the corrupt uh, file there, I got a little bit shut out. So I got some things to say, but uh, no, feeling good. I still am not uh, the most positive man about uh, football, but uh, nonetheless, it does feel good to come off 2-0 uh, and, and a relatively, uh, I wouldn't say gutsy win, but a well-deserved win. Yeah, look, the game in, in its entirety was probably what you would expect. I thought... And I may be being optimistic about this, but I thought uh, Gold Coast and us were pretty evenly matched across the ground, uh, particularly given the injuries we had going into the forward line. But as where their playing group is at and where our playing group is at, I think is a relatively similar space in the life cycle. And we're probably aiming for the same things. They might be a little bit ahead of us where we're aiming to get some experience into young guys and start to push towards the top eight. And I feel like that's been the narrative around Gold Coast for the last year or two. Mm. I, yeah, I'm not I, I'm not sold on them uh, as that good just yet. But having said that, I can't say I'm actually the biggest Gold Coast expert. Um, look, I, I was honestly just more turned off the fact there is something soul-sucking, life-sucking, about being at Marvel Stadium later on a Sunday afternoon against an interstate or like shitty club side that no one really cares about. You know what I mean? The the atmosphere is definitely lacking when you play an interstate team, particularly one who have 50 supporters, when it, if Essendon isn't generating excitement, then the atmosphere is just dead. But once the Bombers get a bit of a run on, it can get quite exciting. You get you, you get some cheering and, and stuff going. But without that, there's not the back and forth that you get at the MCG. Because typically, I don't think it's necessarily the stadium itself, but typically you're playing against another big Melbourne team and half the crowd is for you, half the crowd is against you. And you get this really ebb and flow in the, uh, in the atmosphere, which you don't particularly against Gold Coast. It reminds me a lot about going of going to the A-League, uh, being a Melbourne Victory fan, and then particularly when interstate sides come along, but even Melbourne City and, and Western United don't really have any supporters either. So you do get that sense, and it's quite enjoyable when you're at the soccer because it's it's a very, not the footy is not tribal, but that's a very soccer thing, home and away, whereas we don't have that in footy. In footy, everyone plays at the MCG and Marvel. And so even at your home games, there's this kind of, atmosphere between the two teams which yeah i agree with you it just lacks that particularly with a with a newer team like the gold coast yeah look i, I think um i don't know something something to me it's it's the fact that it's it's daytime but the roof is closed sort of mm. does it does my head in a bit um yeah I, I think it's a great venue friday night saturday night not that this yep. is it at all football related in terms of the game but uh yeah i i just am not I was literally sitting in my chair and we kicked a goal. It was a big goal. And I was just like, woo. You know, not, didn't really. Uh, <laughs> and that, they can't see me, so they don't, can't really see my reaction. Whereas the week before at the MCG, we're punching the air and we're jumping out of our seats. And uh, I don't know, it just felt more alive. Yeah, yeah. And it was against Hawthorne. Again, another big Melbourne team. We're in mm. we're in a stadium with a lot of history. Don't get me wrong. I love Marvel Stadium. And, and I'm unashamedly a Marvel fanboy. And so... Though it doesn't have the the gravitas of the MCG and that big game, big presence, I really enjoy going there and being surrounded, going to something that I love doing, which is football, and sort of just being around one of my favourite brands. And yeah, I, I really like it, but I can see how it's not for everyone. Fair enough. It's a very privileged position to say that... Uh... We don't, not a fan of this uh, beautiful stadium. I think that the performance that they put on in terms of making it feel like a home game and the after goal lighting effects and all that sort of stuff is is really top notch at at Marvel. But really, oh, it makes it. I feel it's so like Americanized. Like at the MCG, yeah, I, they don't do anything, and I think that's great. 
Yeah, but it's a good, dis- like, it's well done. It is Americanized, but, you know, it looks cool. You see the plane flying around. I, I think I quite like it. But maybe I'm just a little kid on the inside. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, 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 maybe I'm too uh, pure football. Mm, mm. But, Matty, 16-12-108 played 11-14-80. And we were in front uh, at the end of the first and second quarter, and it was even at the end of the third. General thoughts on the game? Oh, look, yeah. Um, I said to someone before, uh, we, like, obviously, it was tight all day, but they looked like they were probably playing near their best, whereas I thought we probably weren't, or for a lot of that game, weren't at our best. Um, I definitely got that feeling that we weren't at our best for, for large, large patches of that game. And that, that'll feed into a like that I get to later on. But yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of thought, um, I think you missed the first bit, did you? I missed, I came in just as we had our first shot. Uh, no, I missed Davies' miss. And then the next point I was in at that point. So Gold Coast okay. had already scored three goals by the time I got to my seat. Yeah. So I, I think a good side, um, sorry, I'm playing with pens again. Um, I think a good side would have put six or seven goals on us. I thought we were that poor in the way we started. Um, so, yeah, look, from like that's how poor I think we were. We And, and uh, I'm sure you'll go into this. It was good to sort of claw back and show a bit like, oh, actually, we have something to fall back to when it all goes to shit. And, um, I mean, Sam Durham did say after the game that, um, yeah, that in previous years they might have fallen over when that sort of thing happened. Um, yeah. I mean, I watched the I watched the game back on replay last night. And I got the sense that we were in the game, and Gold Coast just took their chances. And but it wasn't it wasn't good quality early. Mm. Yeah, no, and I don't think it was really good quality from Gold Coast either. But they just managed to kick a couple goals. I thought if they'd kicked another one or two, we would have been in real trouble. But to me, we we took back the ascendancy at, in the mid part of that f- first quarter, and it just took us a little while to get that first goal through. But we had a couple of shots and a couple of chances earlier. Yeah, look, not not there was nothing convincing about that win. I'll put it mm. I'll put it that way. I wasn't convinced. I, I'm very happy we won it, and and you know sometimes you do have to win ugly, but yeah, not not a convincing win, but a good win nonetheless. I'll I'll, I'll put it to you that way. I, I disagree. I think that the last quarter was really pleasing. I think oh, I the, last, yeah. the last quarter we looked really good. Uh, let me try and get this uh, this play-by-play breakdown. No, I don't want the match highlights. But I felt like that... I felt like that last quarter where we kicked, I think something like six goals, right, in that last quarter. Five goals, six. Yeah, I felt like we got our run on and we started playing the kind of football that we want to be playing at Marvel, where we just hit goal after goal after goal. I mean, you always want to be hitting goal after goal, right? But uh, it it just seemed to be everything clicked in that last quarter. Whereas prior to that, it was a bit of a shit fight. Yeah, um, and I, I guess something that's pleasing as well about that is we had um, arguably three of our best forwards out in uh, Wright, Stringer and, and Wiedemann, at least on paper, hmm. three of your best. Um, and, what, and I suppose you can put Tip and Woody in there on, on talent. Hmm. Um, but still managed to kick 16 goals, hmm. um, which I don't recall us kicking um, over 100 points too many times in the last few years. So, and look, I'm sure we'll get into all of that. But, um, yeah, look, I, I think the, the signs are pleasing that, well, there's something of substance there, which is what we saw. Um, uh, yeah, look, I still think a good side would have had us, um, although perhaps, uh, so they made us look better, but yeah, I don't know. I sort of felt they didn't capitalise and that gave us a sniff and, and we, we did take it. But yeah, I think a good side, um, I don't know if we can get away with what we got away with on the weekend. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see when we come up against you know, the Sydney's, Collingwood's, Geelong's of, of the world uh, when we are facing them and we see what sort of performance we put in. The the biggest takeaway for me, and I guess we can run into our likes and dislikes, is that 
I agree with Sammy Durham that in previous years, that game would have been a loss. And it would have been a relatively significant loss. It would have been like a four or five goal loss. But we managed to not play well for three quarters and still be either in front or in the game until we were able to get that ascendancy and get our style of play or the style of play that we wanted to play going. And similar to last week, that comes down to a much stronger, much clearer structure that we just have not had in a number of years. Yeah, look, I, I was sort of sitting there at the game and I did a little bit last week as well. To think that, what is it, March, so let's say, what, September last year, August, six or seven months ago, um, we were sitting at the MCG against Richmond. Michael Hurley was playing his last game mm. and there was that much turmoil around the club. Clarkson was coming. No, he wasn't. Rutten was sacked. No, he wasn't. Um, our board was a mess. Um, leadership a mess. And to think, um, like, to, to think where we were sitting six or seven months ago, and to th- see how we started the year from a stability perspective, has actually been—it's quite shocking, or, or, or obviously very pleasing. But it, it's just funny to think how quickly. Wow, well, it's only been two games, but that there are signs of stability already. Like we, like I said. Six, seven months ago, we're going, what the hell's going on? Barham's in bloody chopping the axe. And then six months later, we're sort of thinking, well, thank gosh he did that. And thank gosh we didn't stick it through with Truck. And we brought in Brad Scott. And there's been a change of CEO and um, yada, yada, yada. Changes at board level. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a couple of more changes in football. But um, and they have, you know, development coaches and, you know, you name it. Um, but it's just crazy to think. Like, we were so embarrassed. But now, see, just six months, and you're like, oh, thank gosh that all happened. <laughs> well, I felt at the time that that needed to happen because oh, we'd, yeah. been, we'd been treading water for so long and we'd been irrelevant for so long that it needed to change. Uh, and I've we're seeing very early on what that stability and what that change is bringing. And what we're getting with consistency in the messaging and consistency from the board level down, everyone focused, everyone realigned on football, is we're getting consistent performances. We're not going to win every game. There's no way. And we're probably going to lose more than we win this year. But if every performance we see has the same intensity and the same defensive structure and the same... And we're in those games for... And it's going to be varying periods because there's going to be teams that are just better than us with better players, more seasoned bodies, those sorts of things. If we're in those games for consistent patches and we're showing the same structure and we're not easy to play against like we were round one last year, then I think that's a really big win for us as a team and as a football club. Yeah, absolutely. Well, even, yeah, all of that. I, I, for me, it was just most pleasing to see the stability in the, in the football program. Like, I think in the way Brad Scott spoke, Pardon me. After the game, um, in his interview, saying, "Well, no, our philosophy is this, and and that's why we made that action because that's what our philosophy is." Shows that well, I've actually come in with a plan here. Yeah, they're starting um, with with a bigger vision. This is our vision, and so we make decisions according to that vision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like case in point being the one to play Wiedemann or to not. Perhaps in previous years would have gone well. We need the win, so we, we'll play him. Whereas now, yeah. Scott's no. Could have, but Stringer, Stringer would have come Stringer. straight back into that team. Yep, um, I'm sure there's a yes, probably a couple, even maybe uh, oh Ben Hobbs, maybe not, but perhaps um, that's that. Even though that's 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 probably hearsay, but um, like what happened? You know, we we made it. We we turned the ball over a couple times, and in previous years, like Gold Coast were out, and you sort of went. Oh shit, they're going to score here, and then you look around, and I was on level three in general admin. I was like, "Oh, we actually have some structures set up mm. to prevent this." <laughs> to prevent this, they uh, went think... coast to coast once. And, there you go. And that was when um, I think it was in the last quarter when Ben King kicked his goal. I think you're right. But, yeah, but it came out of I don't know who got it in defence. I think maybe Holman. He went over the top to Rao, and then Rao hit King. Yeah. And that was the only time for the day. And even then, there was pressure around them. Um, that was the only day, the only goal where they went coast to coast like that with and that quickly. 
So, and often they would have the ball at their halfback flank and you just look at the ground because we're on level two and you've just got this structure behind the ball where they're really struggling to find a target. And very rarely were we streaming back into goal, chasing someone who'd gotten over the back. I don't think it happened at all. No, well, even um, I, I think we sort of had some play um, in our forward half on a wing, so forward half wing, and I sort of looked up the ground. And I was like, well, we've actually got got like if the ball turned over right now, we're we're well set up. Mm. Um, so just to see that unity in terms of and and it seems like there's a, a unity on the offensive side of the ball as well, in terms of how we want to play. Mm. Um, even seeing the way the way guys zone off, there seems to be a tendency to sit back a little bit. Which yeah. maybe what this truck was working on, but we're just seeming to do it so much smoother, and there seems to be we're just on the same page with it. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm yeah. a little disappointed, or perhaps a little bit impatient, having seen what we look like defensively, that we haven't yet seen how that translates when we've got our best forward line in, like when mm. we've got Peter Wright as the main target with. Wiedemann and Jones as a second fiddle and, and Stringer running around. And so I'm I'm excited to see what this looks like if and when we get them all back together at some point this year. Yeah. Because because it's it's just a fact of where he's at in his career. He's still a young player. You're just going to get more right now out of Peter Wright than you're going to get out of Harry Jones. And that's not to say he had a bad game, but I'm interested to see what that looks like when we've got Peter Wright and Wiedemann forward with the resting ruck or whatever the structures are. Um, it's it's exciting. So mm. I'm going to hit you with a like, Matty. Can I guess and it? You can. Brandon Dirk Thatcher. Well, that that can be your like, but yes, he had a he had another really good game. Zerkules. Um Yeah, he's he's great. He's playing well. Let's hope his ankle comes up okay. There hasn't been a lot of structural damage they were saying today at the footy club. So hopefully he's he's right to go. But really pleased with his performance. I think I think if he keeps playing games, he's going to settle very nicely into fullback for us. Mm. Yeah, I, uh, well, Brad Scott spoke about that, but he said if he's not 90% or more right, we're not playing him. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah. Long term. And I'm happy with that. I'd... I'd and- even if it's going to, maybe, maybe that might be a difference. No, I'm happy with it. So until well, we lose next week, is, and then we've I'm got going, Baldwin to come in. Yeah. And he, well, yeah, he played quite well from all reports in the twos. Um, it is a different, it is a level up in the, uh, in the ones, but, um, but I like yeah. that, that, okay. He's potentially not AFL ready, but I like that we have someone who's developing in that role right now. And this is, we've always, been aware that this is a development season. Great. Zerk Thatcher's injured. So you bring in Baldwin and see what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, you're, you're like I, uh William Setterfield. Ah, yes. Yes. No, he, I, I said in a group chat, actually speaking of group chat, someone dropped this call this morning that um, BZT is Alex Rance-like, which I went, oh, that's a big call. Who <laughs> made that call? Uh, just in a little, not in our group chat, in another one. Um, but I also put in a group chat yesterday that uh, he has been on the phone to Joe Watson. Will Setterfield? Yeah. Well, I don't know that for sure, but I'm just saying um, he's the first big body or you know proper full-time big body mid we've had, and he's producing 28 disposals, nine tackles. I think half of them contested. It's not a bad day. That's uh, it's a very good day, a very good day. Yeah. Uh, so two goals from two games. Yep. I he's doing exactly what I thought he would be doing, and that is elevating the baseline of our football team. If you look at it in terms of quality, he just slots right into that midfield role and just does his job. He doesn't. He's not a super flashy recruit. He's not. Doesn't come with all the fanfare and the pressure that someone like a Dylan Shield comes with um, when he first arrived at the football club. He's just turned up. He's like, "Yep, this spot is mine. I'm just going to do my job." And he has been performing sublimely. Yeah, well, I think again, he he seems like a bit of glue. Um, mm. I think that's probably something Merritt Parish Shield struggled with. That there was a lot of um, star power there, 
And a guy like Cedarfield just comes in. Look, like you said, just doesn't do anything flashy. Just does everything solid. And I think it allows Merritt Parish Shield to sort of just bounce off that. You know, just a guy yeah. who can distribute a little bit more or takes out instead of Zach Merritt having to go on the one ninety guy. Will Cedarfield mm-hmm. goes on him. Yeah, and gives Merritt a chance with a smaller mid who he can outrun or can mm-hmm. you know. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and same with the other two. So, um, so Cedarfield no, had thirteen contested. Yeah, okay. That's that's nine tackles. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't you can't under, and I think Zach Merritt only had three, whereas in previous years we'd really rely on Zach Merritt's tackle pressure, whereas, you know, mm. Setterfield can, can can take some of that off him. So And what I watching the game back, what I really like about Setterfield is actually also when he doesn't get the ball, he's just a big body that gets in the way. And that I think a lot of I mean Parrish was doing this before he got here, but I, I think you can put a lot of the early season form of Parrish um, down to the room that Setterfield is making for him. Gotcha. With his, okay. With his big, uh, big frame getting in the way. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, mm. I, I think we all knew he could he could play. Uh, he was obviously being underutilized at Carlton, and it is hard when you got a guy like Patrick Cripps in front of you. <laughs> but mm. um, no, nah, looks yeah, very happy that one with that one. Um. Yeah, no, he's been very pleasing, very pleasing, and just just bobs up at the right time, kicks it mm. like he's not dumb. It seems to have a, just makes the right decisions. Nothing flashy, like you said, and just gets it done. So he's just a good player. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah. has been so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for what we paid for him as well. So, mm. um, yeah. Anyway, like for me, mm. I, I think Joe Menzies is going to be a bit of a player. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I really, I really like. How Jai goes about it, uh, gets to the right spots. Uh, again, smart footballer, makes good decisions, can get a bit cheeky with a nice little goal. Yeah, I like him. Mm. Well, I think he's going to be able to be a bit of a headache because and I think he's only played about five games, so um, or less. But I get the sense that he might be okay overhead, which mm. could be a bit of an issue for smaller defenders. So you know, it might be good enough overhead that you go have to play bigger guy on him but he's too quick for someone bigger so we'll just watch that space on that one but mm. I'm very I, very I happy think, with that I think Elwin's very similar Elwin's quite good overhead for his size yeah but I think he isn't I don't know how much bigger Jai Menzi is but I think for Elwin's size even though relatively he's good um, he might not get oh, so he's only 180 centimetre Jai Menzi mm. whereas Elwin uh, he's 174, so he's even smaller than that. But mm. yeah, I, I think just ab- on absolute size, Owen might not have the overhead game, but perhaps Jai, just that little bit bigger, can mm. relatively mm. to you know playing on a small and just cause a bit of conundrum. Do you play small or a, or a medium on him? Plus mm. his strength as well. So yeah, be an interesting one or what he can develop into. So Matthew, being Kai's godfather. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had the experience of taking him to the train station. I have done that, yeah. Having him <laughs> get excited when the train is very, very far away. You start to hear the boom gates and the lights and the bells and, and you hear him yelling, train coming, train coming. So, and it gets uh, closer and closer. I was going to stop you in your story. Uh, Kai, for reference, for viewers or listeners, I should say, is Daniela, who is your sister uh, and our social media manager. Uh, it's her son, so Nick's that's, nephew. That's who correct. Also happens to be my godson and cousin. So the train's the coming. Train's coming. Yeah. Yelling, train. And and before it gets there, you already know. You've seen the signs. You've heard the bell. You've seen the boom gates go down, and the train gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it comes towards you. And then finally it's there, and it's big, and it's powerful, and it's fast, and sometimes it can be quite scary, right? I just get the sense, watching Andrew McGrath on the weekend, mm. that his best football is coming very soon. 100% agree. He he is a natural halfback. Mm. Um. I think he's recognising that. I think he's also been given licence to sort of 
flaunt it, his strengths. Mm. Um, he, he just looks so much more comfortable back there. Uh, and I think a midfield role is a bit of a square peg in a round hole. Like, could do it, but I don't think that's his best football. Yeah. Um, but he just looks free out there and provides and so much. He, what I really like about him is he knows when to run and he knows when not to run. Mm. And and he's he knows when to continue in, into the next contest and he knows when to go back to his man. And he just has the skills and the composure when he's free with the ball to hit a target, which I think Hind sometimes lacks. And certainly before him, Saad and McKenna also lacked. I was watching Carlton the other night and several times Saad would just grab it and hoof it. And he did that for Essendon. Mm. And... I'm sure he did that for Gold Coast. And they almost, him and Hind almost run too fast for, they they don't realize, they're not thinking ahead. They're not thinking about what they're going to do when they finish the run. They just got to run as fast as they can. And then they run out of options. Whereas when you see McGrath in full flight, he's assessing what's ahead of him. And he often, well, he's starting to once again, choose the right option and hit the right target. Like he had one delivery into Langford in that last quarter or the third quarter that was just, it was about knee height and he'd just been on a hundred meter run and just hit him lace out. It, And you can just see it. It's, it's coming where old Andy's coming back. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that's the Andy McGrath we got excited about probably 2019 and prior. Mm. Um, and he was at half back for all of that and, and playing on good forwards too. That was actually one thing he did really well in his past was he could play and gun small forwards and, and, and go the other way. So um, I know I understand why we tried to make him into a midfielder, but I, I, I tend to agree that, yeah, this is really exciting. And I think that's his natural. I think that's his best position. Um, and you're right. He, I think he really relishes on finding his time and space through run as opposed to where, where I think he probably didn't suit the midfield is, he couldn't really use that. He couldn't come from behind and get a handball receive and and, no, and see the space in front of him and and get to you know get to mm. the open lanes. He's he's in the trenches, and so he doesn't get that opportunity to get out and use his footy brain. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, he he because under under pressure, you know, he's one step, two step kick. Zach Merritt does it beautifully, and Darcy Parrish yeah. as well, but. He doesn't really have that, whereas yeah. he, he sort of get it, got to get five steps or so, and and then he's free and and can hit kicks. So yeah, um, now nah, I, I was actually about to say that one because yeah, he's he's fantastic. And in, in his defence, I think he started twenty twenty really well, and then he did a syndesmosis, mm. and then the wheels fell off the football club by the time he came back. So yeah. I I don't necessarily believe that he doesn't have the capability to be a really good midfielder, but. We don't need him to be anymore. He can he can be a number one pick halfback flank, and different, really different type of player. But Goddard made a very good career being that floating halfback half forward, and he was a number one pick. So I think you can get a two hundred and fifty game player to two hundred two hundred and fifty game player, and have a really good career as a halfback flanker. And I think we should just leave him there. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, some of our best, like Gavin Wanganeen and even mm-hmm. James Hurd, he was never a bona fide mid. Mm. Sort of bit, of, I mean, um, probably Kyle Langford sort of got that. I'm not saying Kyle Langford is James Hurd, I'm saying he's got the similar. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think with Andy, he could be. All right, I don't think he'd ever be an A grade midfielder. Whereas I think mm-hmm. he could actually be an A grade halfback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I think if he was on ball, at best he's a B plus, A minus, mid. I um, think he's a he's a good but, footballer as a as a midfielder. Yeah. Yes, like he's he's good, but he's not a he's not a star of the competition. Yes, but I think at half back, he, he very much is more potential there in terms of how influential he can become to a game. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, big fan. So of that speaking one. of speaking of the next James Heard, Kyle Langford. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Five goals. Last week, he's down in the back line, setting up play. This week, he's in the forward line, kicking five goals. What is more James Heard like than being Mr. Fix-It in the heat of a game, going where Essendon is struggling, 
and turning that around? Well, to be fair, I probably only saw the tail end of James Hurt. Um, and to be fair, it was probably what he did most weeks was just well, all right, put him wherever. But yeah, it's um, I said to the, who I was with on the on the weekend, he's our. And I think I've said it to you a few times. He's probably our most important player in terms of the way he allows the team to link. Mm, I um, agree. I, I think um, obviously this weekend he was on the end of a few goals, but there's been times where he's played at half forward and been a really pivotal link between mid and forward and played that role beautifully. Obviously last week we saw him go to half back mm-hmm. and played that role fantastically. And now we know he can kick goals. Um, or even as it, you know, he, he played his trade as a midfielder and was before, I think he had a few injuries, um, but was a solid mid as well. So um, yeah, I, I really take, I take my hat off to him because he's worked hard for it. And there was, only a few years ago, we were really ripping into him. Oh, well, I, I never did, but uh, the, the fan base. Yeah, he was a bit of a of whipping him. boy a couple of years ago. I yeah, And now he's he's might be the greatest ever. <laughs> might might be the next Sir James Hurd. I mean, James Hurd had this, this aura, this presence about him. And maybe it was just me being a little kid watching footy. But he just had this sense of being able to be where the game needed him most and I don't know that the modern footballer gets that license anymore Mm. um, to be able to to just go where they need to go but certainly in the last couple of weeks Kyle Langford has been able to plug a hole for us exceptionally well so he's he's almost won the game for us off half back and then he's definitely won the game for us at half forward and you know I hopefully we'd never need to throw him into the midfield because that means a parish merit set of field shield or injured. But I think if he builds enough confidence, I I don't see any reason why he can't also do a job for us in the midfield. Yeah, if if needed, hopefully never needed. But um, no, I agree with that. Um, yeah, what, what a weapon um to have. But yeah, I think um. Very few players like him that have that capability. So, mm, mm. Um, you're right. Yeah, it's very unique in the modern game. But he, he's yeah, he's he's one wood. Is it? He doesn't have a one wood. He can just sort of do a little bit of everything. Mm, um, mm. I was a little bit disappointed with Nick Martin on the weekend. Um, okay. He he looked to me to be a little bit sore. He was a little bit apprehensive around the contest. Didn't seem to to dive in as much as he normally does. Uh, yeah, I, there was just... His game was off. And it might just been that he had a bad day. Still had 13 touches and kicked a goal. But he wasn't the Nick Martin from last year. Um, yeah. Getting the ball on the outside, hitting targets, being really clean and smooth with it. So, yeah. Potentially. I, I didn't think he had a great game. Yep. And, I mean, he can't do it everywhere. Like, he... he... <laughs> He's not Kyle Langford. Yeah, exactly right. Um, we got. It's interesting with a guy like him um, because he literally came in, wasn't drafted, wasn't drafted, mm. came in in a preseason supplementary period, debuted with thirty and four or something ridiculous. Thirty and five, mate. Thirty and five. There you go. Q five. That's the, and the most under-talked about debut, I reckon, of all time because we got smashed by 10 goals. But he came in and contributed almost every week. Would have finished top 10 in the Crichton, I, I, I imagine. No, uh, somewhere around there. He must have. He had to have. Yeah. Now, for a guy, this guy didn't get drafted. He wasn't good enough for an AFL list um, at the start of the preseason. And then by the end of the year, um, you know, he's one of our best. So, it's not to say it was time for him to have an off day, but I'm not concerned there. I, I, no, I'm not concerned. And... And we're only comparing him to his own lofty standards, right? Mm. We're not. It's not like we expect a second-year player off the rookie list to be our our A-grade midfielder, right? But compared to his season last year, he was a little bit off yesterday, and yeah. I think he was a little bit off against Hawthorne as well. There's something not quite gelling, I think. Really? Oh, see, yeah. I just saw a very silky smooth um, player there. It, it, look, it might just be that the rest of the team actually looks good. So he doesn't stand out as much because he's got, yeah, you know, be. he doesn't have to, 
step up um, the way he did last year. But um, tell, I, I saw a really silky, really clean player last year who just sort of had a little bit of Mr. Fix-It about it in terms of if it was in dispute, he just sort of found a way. Um, maybe he didn't have that as much yesterday, you're right, but not going to have it every week. Um, so, yeah, fair call, but yeah, not, not no reason for concern for me. So I just want to point out Dylan Shield has had 27 and two goals. Mm-hmm. If that is not exactly what we brought him into this football club to do, I don't know what is. That was just a cracking game by him. And he, he gets maligned by the fan base a lot. And he cops it a lot from from internally, at, from Essendon supporters. But that he's having he's doing exactly what we need him to do. And it's amazing how you put a little bit of structure around him. You have a better system around him, and suddenly you get to see him shine. You get to see him on the outside, get him to use his pace and his power, and you get to see some really good performances. Yeah, he's probably another one that benefits from the Will Setterfield because I think when he came in, we lauded him as he's going to be our big body mid. He's going to be our contested ball winner. And he's really not that. Like It's, it's actually mm. not him. Mm. Um, I mean, he's which, had 11 contested out of the 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sorry, what I'm saying, he's he's got that... Um, I'm pulling some big names out here, but I was also going to say Judd-like. But no, nah, it's probably a big call. But, uh... No, that no, that aspect of his game is absolutely Judd-like. That's, that's what his point of difference is, is that he has that explosiveness out of a clearance. But he's not, he's not the clearance player that Joe was, where you're standing under where the ball is getting tapped to, and then you're getting it and handballing it while you're being tackled, right? He's the, the ball's coming down from the Ruckman on the right-hand side, and I'm going to hit that ball with pace, and no one's going to catch me, if if you know what I mean. Yeah, or can break a line or, or something like that. Um, but yeah, he... Um, so he's 27, which sounds underwhelming for a midfielder, but his impact was actually bigger than that number, even though 27, which is what we want from him. Like he, he He's sort of probably a guy who can have... 23, but be just as impactful as someone who's had 30, 35, you know what I mean? Or yep. Um, yep. just under that. So I think that 27 for him is probably worth to us, say 35, mm-hmm. on, you know, sort of um, common metrics or average metrics. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think because he, he can actually, a bit like McGrath, can actually do what he's sort of built to do. Like, he's, again, we're not putting a square peg in a round hole. Um, and forcing someone to be someone they're not. And I, I think we were trying to make him... Well, I think everything last few years has obviously been a bit in between. We're trying this, we're trying that, we're doing whatever. But I think now he's like, okay, I, I don't actually have to be the inside boy. I have to, I have to do a little bit of it. Mm. And I think um, with Brad Scott, the influence of him saying, uh, well, this got cut out of our last podcast because of the corruption, but apparently Brad Scott got on good authority, walked in day one of preseason and said, if you are not willing to defend and go hard, you know, contested for all that stuff, get there's a door. And I won't get use out. any. I won't use any expletive. But if you don't want to do that, get out. Um, and so I think that um, sort of ethos and a bit of a harsh sort of nudge along. So yeah, him personally developing in terms of buying into the defensive side and the contested side but also us not relying on him to be a contested or purely a contested ball winner, which maybe we were doing um, in previous years, and he can actually use his speed and power um, is yeah, and play a role that actually really suits what he's good at. Mm. Um, yeah, has, has worked well this morning. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I just want to touch on a couple because we're getting close to mm. one where you need to go and two... Uh, getting to the point where we need to move on to the next part of the episode. But uh, Darcy Parrish, another great performance. Back to form of two years ago. Zach Merritt, one day we're going to do a whole episode on Zach Merritt because he's always an afterthought for us. But just doing what Zach Merritt does, but adding tackling pressure, chasing pressure, that's the thing that I'm really loving about his game is that you see him living up to the words that he said in preseason. I want to be the best defensive player at this football club. And he's not that because that's Zercules. But (laughs) you see him chase, you see him tackle, you see him pressure, just doing exactly what we wanted him. Mason Redman, another great game. So exciting to watch. Uh, Really love his performances. Yeah. Again, 
Ridley, Kelly, Laverde, really solid in defence. Um, how good is Massimo? Yeah, well, I, was, I thought he probably had an off day, but I, I might have been just the fact he he. Yeah, I, I actually didn't notice him, but maybe clean I'd, with the ball, really yeah. clean with the ball. Nice, just get out of traffic and just hit someone with his left. I really enjoyed his game. Okay, yeah, so I, I thought he probably um was a little bit off, but you probably couldn't see him on level three because he's quite small. Yeah, he's a bit miniature. Or we've got a few backmen who are um all dark features. So Gen- maybe was, generic um, white man. <laughs> well, he's, he's got like all his skin. What are you talking about? <laughs> Like he's all dark, like Zerk's all dark. Um, Kelly's all dark, although a bit of a different body shape. Massimo's like. Do you know? Do you know how I can identify Massimo? Because whenever he goes near the ball, my heart skips a beat, even at subconscious, and so that's how I know it's him. Yeah, I will. um, I will ask you this. Tell me, Zach Merritt has it sunk in that he's the captain? Is yet? Yeah, he's definitely playing like the captain. He's definitely playing like he's the captain. Yeah, he. There's just an aura about him now that he didn't have last year that says, come on, boys, get on my shoulders and come with me. Fair enough. See, it hasn't really sunk into me that he's... Like, I, I do think it's better for Heppel that he's not the captain. Mm. But it I took me... Like, I remember when Joe Watson got made captain and it just took me a little bit just to sink in, like, oh, that's that's our guy. So Yeah. Um, but no, sorry, not to say he's not putting in captain-like performances or, or anything like that. It just doesn't feel like it yet, but mm. I'm sure it will. Um. Yeah, Hebel actually Hebel getting subbed. That was a big one. Well, yeah, I was watching the press conference. Uh, I think Hebel's performances overall have improved from last year. I just mm. think he he had a couple of disposals yesterday where that that really made his overall performance look quite poor. But I think he's he's getting to the right spots and he's using his attributes that he has now. He's contested marking his strength over the ball in that wing position really well. And he got subbed to manage his load because he's one of the older players of the team and they wanted to inject a little bit of run. And if you're taking off a winger and you've got Nick Martin, Sam Durham and Heppel with Guelphie on the bench and you want to inject pace, you're taking off Heppel, right? Mm. It's just a no-brainer. He's the slowest of those three. Yeah, I, I do wonder if it was a... I know Brad Scott in his press conference said it was a line ball call between three or four guys. I don't know how accurate that was. I think it was a bit of a... Um, yeah, I reckon there might be a bit more to it than that. I don't know how line ball it was because he wasn't having a great day. And I actually like the fact that Brad Scott said, well, no, he's he's probably not been great today. Let's go with someone else. But then again... I, my view yeah, of the game yeah. is... I think that could have... If you're taking someone off because they had a poor performance, I think you could have taken Martin. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think either of them had a better day than the other, if I'm honest. Fair cool. Fair yeah. cool. But if I got to pick, I'm probably picking to stay with Martin. Yeah, because he's a young developing player. We know what Heppel's going to bring and we're going to manage his loads. So, mm. Fair cool. Um, Look, Harry Jones was really good early, but faded a bit late in the game. He's not um, ready for number one forward yet. He, uh, no, he's but, definitely not. He's he, definitely you know, not. he had to do what he could and presented. So, mm. but look, I'm I'm really pleased. I think overall, really good performance. Happy that we managed to arrest the momentum back. Happy that we had that last quarter where we could enjoy it with multiple goals. Langford, uh, great performance. So, I don't know if there's much more for us to say, Maddie. No, I think we've covered that in 45-ish minutes there pretty well. So let's take a little bit of a break, and then we'll do a really quick preview of St Kilda, and then I know you've got to go. Saturday evening, MCG, Essendon versus St Kilda, their 150th celebration. Jeez, wouldn't it be nice to ruin someone else's 150th instead of having ours ruined? Yeah, it's uh, interesting that they play against us. Like Two of recent times, been two probably more irrelevant clubs. Um, That's because they reckon they could have got a, a nice win over us. Yeah, maybe, maybe. 
Mate, I wonder why they have done us. Is there something I think uh, if if memory serves me correctly, I believe we played them in their very first game. Well, that makes sense. Uh, no, not pre-season. 1896. Uh, so I, I, I may be incorrect. Uh, no, Essendon, Melbourne. Who knows? Maybe because our colours are the same. Who gives a shit? <laughs> um, they're playing us. Yep. Um, interesting affair. I, I think it's... She said someone at work. He he's he's a he's not a St Kilda man, but big on the way that Ross has got them playing. Mm. Um, and it'd be interesting because it, it seems like, and it doesn't surprise me that under uh, Ross Lyon, um, that they do have a really strong defence. Um, but it was obviously the offensive side of the ball has been something that we've had to work on. As a, of course, both sides of the ball, but. Our offensive scheme has been something in a, in a recent years has been, well, what the hell do we do? So it'd be good to actually put what we've developed so far under Brad up against a seemingly quality opposition, which I reckon is the first time we've done it over the last two weeks and see where mm-hmm. we're actually at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, if I was a proper tipping man, I would probably tip against us. I think they're... Defensive structure around the ball has been really good, and they're playing in a very typical Ross Lyon choking fashion. The two points that give me a little bit of hope is Jack Steele broke his collarbone on the weekend, so mm. he won't be playing. So that's another quality midfielder that is out, and they don't have a forward line. Mm. All their key forwards are out. Um, they're They've got lots and lots of small forwards, but no really tall ones. And that's been our reported to be our weakness is we don't have any monsters to play in defense. So if we're getting quality matchups for the players that we have in defense, I think it may be difficult for them to score a kicker score. Because if Ridley's playing on someone the same size and weight and Zerk is bigger than his opponent and Liberty's playing on someone his size and weight um, and they're so used to being undersized and, and performing admirably, I think that's a really good opportunity for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, maybe we get them when they're you know, sort of down. But um, yeah, and it's an interesting one as well because obviously Brad in his previous role last year, you would assume is fairly across... Um, how most teams play. But obviously, Ross wasn't coaching last year, so this might be one where Brad's a little bit more blind. I'm sure we're doing our homework. There's no question mm. about that. But yeah, just a very interesting affair. Um, they they got a few out. We're sort of unsure where we're at. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, I don't think they would have banked on the fact that they would have been going into their 150th anniversary match as a blockbuster, as a Saturday night, both teams undefeated, playing good football kind of blockbuster, right? I think this is absolutely more than they could have hoped for for their 150th match. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I dare say they wouldn't have yeah, thought about that either. I think, <laughs> again, six or seven months ago, you have a look at that game and go, Ooh, it's not it's quite, a, a, yeah, it's yeah, a bit of an underwhelming uh, party to have. But mm. now look, yeah, there's a little bit around it with, with both teams being undefeated who weren't expected to be undefeated, so um, it's been two games, I haven't rolling around like we're undefeated, but um, yeah, and both have probably played underwhelming opposition uh, they've played Freo and North No, Freo's a good opposition, Freo Sorry, they maybe Freo the wheels and... fall off, maybe Freo drop out of the 8 who they play in the wing? They, Freo played North No, 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 sorry, yeah, St Kilda who they Oh, let me bring it up uh, Bulldogs. Bulldogs, that's it. Who, yeah, well, they're a question they're, mark as well. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty poor. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, look, I I think if we get Wiedemann back, obviously the package comes back in. I think potentially we have too much firepower for the firepower that they have. And... It really, I think with Steele going out, there's an opportunity if we can keep consistency in our lineup and the open spaces of the MCG 
that we might be able to get get the ball on the outside and actually beat them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, potentially. Um, I, I wonder how their pressure will hold up on a bigger ground at the MCG mm. as well. We have a bit more space to stretch them. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah, they, they play or have displayed a pretty high-pressure brand of footy. Um, we'll see if that holds up at the MCG. Um, I dare say there'll be some sore boys because it, uh, it is a very difficult way to play. Mm. Mm. So I know you've got to go, Maddie, uh, but uh, give me a prediction real quickly. The cynic in me says St. Kilda, but I'm happy to be wrong. Mm, mm. I've just convinced myself of a win. I think our backs are going to be too good for their makeshift forward line. I think our midfield is going to be able to get on top, and I think the package is ready to deliver. Oh, it could be back, yeah. See, I, I just... This is where we go wrong with Essendon fans. We get a little bit of something to be positive about and we absolutely overcorrect because we've had abs- no success whatsoever. I, look, I thought... But even going into the Gold Coast game, I sort of thought, well... um, Yeah, like, well, we should get on top of them here. Like, we should. And I wasn't really convinced with, with that performance that, well, we're actually that, you know, a very good side. So. Well, that performance was better than I had hoped for. But I was happy that we were. It was an even contest, and I'm expecting a similar type of game against St Kilda. Yep. That it should be an even contest. Whether we win or lose is kind of a bit irrelevant. But I expect that we should be thereabouts. I'll be very disappointed if we lose that this game by more than twenty points. And if we win, I won't be surprised that we've won the game because I think this is a bit of a fifty-fifty game. Could go either way. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree with that. I think it's in our favour given the the players that they have out and the players that we have potentially having coming back. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, totally agree with that. Mm. Totally agree. We shall see. We shall see. Well, we'll be back to talk about it next week. Ready yep. for all seven of our listeners uh, to enjoy our dulcet tones. Mate, but Maddie, thank you growing. for joining me this evening. You keep pumping us down. We're growing, mate. We are growing. I haven't checked the numbers actually. Uh, they're, in, they're definitely hundreds. We're yeah, cool. but that could be one person just listening to it, stopping and starting and stopping and starting. That is not happening. That's <laughs> just not be. happening. You just don't know. You just don't know. Mate, I'm telling you, we we got a following. They're coming. And if you you are following along, please let us know that you're following along. I think we got a couple of comments last week, and it was great. Great to hear that people. Actually oh, did we? Any so, questions? I didn't even look at the questions. I uh, don't know. Don't know if we. Oh, I think Danielle's. Obviously, there's a fair bit going on recently. Um, announcing her news. I don't know if I can say it on it. No, you better not say it on it. Okay. Uh, two hundred and three listens last week, Maddie. Two hundred three. That's pretty good. So that. So all seven of them have to have started and stopped at thirty times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Maddie, it's been a pleasure likewise good to be back good to be back yes and uh, follow us on Insta Facebook all that sort of stuff and until next time go Dons go Dons